You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now a word from our sponsor, SpyCloud, the leader in operationalizing cybercrime analytics. Traditional threat intelligence is a thing of the past. Cyber criminals are stealing vast amounts of credentials, session cookies, and financial data every day, and it's hard to keep up. SpyCloud is the trusted partner businesses turn to to fully understand their darknet exposure risk and neutralize threats before it's too late. SpyCloud alerts your organization as soon as an employee or customer's data appears on the darknet, so you can act faster than bad actors to prevent cyber attacks like ransomware, session hijacking, account takeover, and online fraud. With insights from the industry's largest repository of recaptured data, protect the digital identities and systems most important to your business. Get your free corporate darknet exposure report at spycloud.com slash cyberwire and see what information criminals have in their hands today. That's spycloud.com slash cyberwire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cyberwire's Research Saturday. I'm Dave Bittner, and this is our weekly conversation with researchers and analysts tracking down the threats and vulnerabilities, solving some of the hard problems of protecting ourselves in a rapidly evolving cyberspace. Thanks for joining us. So we came across that exploit from a few samples that we found in the wild and found it was also posted on GitHub by a user named Echo. That's Doors V. He's co-founder and CEO at Red Access. The research we're discussing today is titled New Chrome Exploit Lets Attackers Completely Disable Browser Extensions. At first we noticed it was published as an exploit for Chromebook devices. But then when we tested it in our lab, we found it works on other operating systems as well, such as Windows and Linux. And we found that it affects Chrome, but also other Chromium-based browsers in the same way. Hmm. Um, So yeah, it's not surprising because targeting browser extensions isn't something new. But I think like as web browsing comes more and more central to the average user's work life. So browsers themselves are becoming increasingly attractive targets to malicious actors. Well, let's go through this together. Can you describe to us exactly what's going on here? Yeah, so the LTBIF, um, that's a short for literally the best exploit ever found. Now, I wasn't, I wasn't responsible for the name, but... <laughs> Um, that's an exploit that targets Google Chrome and affects Chromium-based browsers as well that allows attackers to selectively force disable browser extensions. That exploit consists of a bookmark-led exploit that allows attackers to disable any browser extension installed using a, a simple, handy user interface that issues commands that Chrome mistakenly identifies as legitimate requests. 
Well, walk me through exactly how an attacker would go about doing this. All right, so it is actually triggered by JavaScript in URL. And the powerful thing about it is that it even overrides any security policy group configured on the device. So even if a user doesn't have any privileges to disable browser extensions, this exploit overrides and disables them. And the funny thing is that if there is a security policy group, so the user will not be able to turn them back on. I think that like many companies and personal users are uh, using some browser extensions to block ads, to manage their data, or even, even as a browser-level antivirus. Now, the ease with which this weakness simply turns them off that's what, what's scary here. So regarding for your question, I think like there are multiple ways an attacker can use to trigger that exploit. Basically, just to get a user to visit a URL with that JavaScript, whether it's using a phishing or via a file containing a link or via ads or any other way, especially when this JavaScript code looks legitimate. And that what makes that exploit so so easy to use. So we've seen many attacks that require user interaction, and this is this one is another classic example of it. Does this require any user interaction? I mean, other other than visiting that URL, does does the user have to do anything or or are there any alerts that they would see? Yes, it is. It it requires the user to save a bookmark which inside at bookmark URL, um, there will be a JavaScript code. And so then when the user visits that bookmark, that's what executes the code? Exactly. So when that code is executing, is there anything visible to the user? Do they, are there any screens that pop up, or are they in any way aware of what's going on here? No, no. That, that's completely seamless. And I think like turning browser extensions off, it can affect the user experience as well as the security level. So at best, the attacker will disable ad-blocking extension, and you will notice that. But in the same way, it can be an extension that organizations use for browser protection. And in such a case, the attacker may turn off scanning mechanisms and then easily attack and remain under the radar. So you will not notice any, any, any change. And now a word from our sponsor, Sixth Sense. Sixth Sense provides award-winning cloud-based automated endpoint and vulnerability management solutions to streamline IT and security operations. With its advanced platform, businesses gain complete visibility and control over their infrastructure, reducing IT and security risks and optimizing operational efficiency. With Sixth Sense, you'll get real-time alerts, risk-based vulnerability prioritization and remediations, and an intuitive automation and orchestration engine so you can focus on your core business goals. Confident in the knowledge that your enterprise is secure, compliant, and running smoothly. To learn why enterprises choose Sixth Sense, visit SixthSense.com. 
Does the attacker have any visibility into the user's environment? Or are they able to select which extensions they're, they're able to disable? Or is it an all or nothing kind of thing? So yeah, they basically see um, all installed extensions and they can selectively force disable the one that they want to disable. Um, it can be all of them, but it can be a specific one that they chose. Wow. And would an administrator have any notice that this had taken place? Um, it can be. It depends on how they manage their browser extensions. But usually there is no alerting system on such solutions or extensions. So it can be both. I see. Now, have you all come across examples of this being used in the wild? Yes, we did. We did. It was kind of a social attack page that triggers you, try to trick you to save a bookmark um, of that specific website. Uh, they use uh, Amazon gift card uh, image or free iPhone message. That once you click and save it bookmark, um, you should receive something. But that, that's, I think, the social side of it. Um, and once you save it, that's it. And what do you suppose they're after here? I mean, disabling extensions in someone's Chrome browser, are they looking to you know, disable antivirus in, in the browser? What do you think they're after here? Right. So that, that's basically just a type of technique to go under the radar and avoid the security. So it can be used in the personal market to run ads mm. or just a kind of social attack. And it can also be a first stage of a more sophisticated attack on a big company that uh, being used to, to disable their security. So there is no specific type of attacker that will use that. Uh, it's more the technique of how can we go under the radar and avoid in-browser security. And, and you and your colleagues in this report, you point out that we're seeing more and more attention to browser extensions from from some of these bad guys? Yes, I, th I think that browsing today is, is at the core of the hybrid work, and, and as such, it has become a main target for attackers. We see like browsers are frequently updated by their providers to fix vulnerabilities and zero days that have been discovered. However, browsing is far from being the only risky application in the browsing space. There are many web-based desktop applications that we use on a daily basis for work, such as file sharing applications, video conferencing, chat, or cloud applications that contain browsing risks that are not browser-based. So the data that we share, the files we download, the links we click on, they all can contain risks related to browsing. And that's where attackers are, are taking advantage and targeting browsing applications. Has this been patched yet? It has, uh, or is Chrome been patched to, to uh, prevent this now? Yes, it is patched in version uh, 106. Um, and yeah, Google patched it. And so if I'm running you know, a, another Chromium-based browser, odds are if I'm keeping up to date, I'll, I'll be safe there as well. Yes. So what are your recommendations then in terms of people protecting themselves against this sort of thing? 
So I think, I think this brings us to the central issue and critical consideration of deciding on which cybersecurity solutions to invest in. I think that the case here is, is a solution that operates on the same layer it's meant to protect. And that can lead to a security issue. So rather than operating as a separate superior security layer, these extensions here rely upon the integrity of the very thing they are meant to protect, which is the browser itself. Um, so I recommend using security solutions that operate on a separate, fully independent layer that will not be affected by exploits or vulnerabilities within the environment they are meant to secure. Thanks to Doors V from Red Access for joining us. The research is titled New Chrome Exploit Let's Attackers Completely Disable Browser Extensions. We'll have a link in the show notes. And now a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills all using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. CyberBit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live-fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. CyberWire Research Saturday podcast is a production of N2K Networks, proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. This episode was produced by Liz Urban and senior producer Jennifer Iben. Our mixer is Elliot Peltzman. Our executive editor is Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Rick here. At N2K CyberWire, we're dedicated to continuously improving the quality of the news and commentary on our network. That's why we're inviting you to participate in our 2024 audience survey. It only takes a few minutes and your feedback is invaluable. Plus, you'll have the chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card as a thank you for your time. Head on over to cyberwire.com survey. That's cyberwire.com survey to share your feedback now.